the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders and Friends, this is the episode you've been waiting for. This is the International Roadshow episode. Uh, Ben South from Undisclosed Locations in Guatemala City, I believe a Hilton Garden Inn, but it's undisclosed for security purposes. Yeah, Uh, And and I technically, Ben, and I'm on the road. I'm not nearly as international as you are, although we're recording this on Zoom, and you can clearly see behind me. I am uh, I'm down in Saratoga, Wyoming, for a work event, and I'm in the most rustic Wyoming hotel room that you could find. In fact, yours looks very modern for being down in. Uh, it's Guatemala, Central America, or South. America? It is Central America. It is Central America. So you learn some geography on this show. So. Well, it is fun. It's, uh, yeah, we went international here, Ben. Uh, you are getting ready to leave um, about 12, well, probably not even really 12 hours after this podcast is going to finish recording. So catch us up on what you're doing there. And, 12 hours, uh, I should be on an airplane, actually. So That's right. You, you, you should be flying somewhere towards America. If I America. wake up in time, it's a uh, early or late, depending on your view of time, <laughs> departure from the hotel in the morning. So that's right. Um, from what you told be, me, it's very early. It is very early. So this is the first time uh, we've ever done this. Both of us traveling, and so we just thought, hey, neither of us are, are have our current responsibilities. We had the free time. Our families weren't around that were occupying time those days. That's right. Might, might as well record a podcast episode. Yeah. So, yeah. The Sarasota, to Wyoming, to. Guatemala City Connection right here. So, so our first yeah. international episode. That's and then maybe right. because of that, maybe we'll talk missions a little bit today. How do we get prepared and go? Yeah. And what do we need to do and get ready for missions? Before we do, we need to let you know about a place you need to go to and check them out. And that is Central Baptist College in Conway, Arkansas. We are thankful to have them as a sponsor of this show every week. And they are a great school where you can get the degree you need or complete the degree you started through their PACE program. You need to go check them out at cvc.edu. Central Baptist College is a place that has made a difference in my life and, and even maybe even some mission stuff in my life that kind of pushed me down that road. But they can help you get further down the road in ministry where you need to be. Or if, if you even have students in your ministry that are looking for a good place for a quality undergraduate education central baptist college in conway is the place to go cbc.edu check them out we're thankful to have them as a sponsor yeah they've been a great friend and a great sponsor and and uh, actually uh one of my my, my oldest child's going to be touring over at cbc here in the next couple of weeks so we're excited about him checking it out seeing if that might be a fit but yeah you know it is fun that we are sort of in these unique uh circumstances um ben the next couple of episodes are going to kind of focus on the idea of missions. A lot of churches taking mission trips this time of the year. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is, if it's not the first for you, it's one of the first since COVID that, that you have left the country. And so what you mentioned it, let's talk about preparation. So maybe in a nutshell, how did you get to, besides flying on an airplane, how did you get to Guatemala? Well, you know, I think when you, when you take a team everywhere, you're going to have to have a plan for what you're going to do, who you recruit for that team, 
I think there's that may kind of guide our conversation here. Uh, so for this, this has been a long term partnership. And like you said, this is my first time back out of the country since COVID began. Just we've had tried before, but things just didn't work out on one end or the other, either at home or on the place we were going. So uh, it's been a good experience, been a little different even this time planning, because here in Guatemala, they have they still wear masks everywhere you go. You walk in every building, you have to scan for temperature and put hand sanitizer on and they won't let you come in without a mask. So it's a lot different than at home. Um, but there was a lot of prep that had to go in and getting ready for this for this trip. And I think for any mission trip, when you start recruiting for that trip, you're going to go first, you got to decide who you're going to go with. What kind of partnership are we looking for? Uh, are these people we can work with? Is this is a mission we can recruit people to go and, and partner with. So I think that is, goes into it. When you start recruiting, you need to know, hey, am I going to need people to go and do uh, construction? Am I going to need them to do medical? Am I going to need them to do street evangelism, praying, teaching? What is it? And so know kind of what kind of work you're going to be doing. That's who you need to recruit uh, and who you need to get to go with you. Um, then I think there's some important things for preparation is training. Let the people know what to expect. So it's good, maybe if you've never taken a team somewhere, to take a small group the first time, maybe just one or two people, find out the ins and outs so you can let them know what to expect. What can they expect as far as lodging, food, uh, facilities, uh, the ministry itself, what are things going to look like? So they don't just walk into something cold turkey. For the average person, I would say that's a that's a big hurdle to cross, just walking into another country, going somewhere with people that have never been there before, place they've never been, not knowing what to expect. It's all different. So if you can say, hey, I've been there, here's what this is like, it's going to be helpful in going, uh, recruiting people to go with you. So I think that's the first thing. So if you can go, uh, let them know what they need to know about that place, okay? especially like food. I think the food and lodging and to be just blunt toilet facilities are some of the things that people kind of worry about the most when you're traveling overseas. I know those are the things that I look for in lodging and where we're going to be, just the comforts of, of being there. And, and are we going to have that or what kind of thing do we need to prepare for getting there? Uh, so go check that out. Let them know. Here's where we'll be staying. Here's what it's like. Here's what you can expect. Here's what we'll be eating. And then as you also recruit that team, you need to train them for that. Train them uh, for the specific work you're going to be doing. Uh, if there's any cultural things they need to be aware of, certain activities or words or actions or hand signals they don't need to do for the culture you're going into to help them not cause issues on the ground when they get there. Um, also, let them know, hey, here's the what maybe you need to know as far as how to speak to the gospel to them there. Here's a, the words that they use or that match up with us so that it's a consistency with the partners on the ground and with you of how they go about doing the ministry. Because when you're going into a mission field, the most important thing you need to remember is that you are going there and then you're going to leave in a week. And the missionaries and the people on the ground that you're working with are going to have to stay there. So don't cause a mess they're going to have to clean up once you leave. Make sure you're asking them, talking with them, what are the things we need to prepare for? What do we need to make sure and do? What do we need to make sure we don't do? 
while we're on the field because you don't want to cause problems for the missionaries going forward who are going to be staying there, who are going to be working, and, and shouldn't have to clean up our messes just for us to come in for a week or two and then be gone. Yeah, and so Ben, what I hear kind of in that opening statement there, so planning, obviously a big part of it, you know, just like you said, just knowing even what kind of food you're going to eat, right? If somebody's diabetic that's going, if someone needs to have a certain type of food or abstain from a certain type of food, different allergies, you talked about recruiting, you talked about training and, and then kind of like you were finishing there, that overall purpose, like we don't want them to clean our mess up. We want to, we want to be there to serve them and to help them. So let me, let me lob some questions based on kind of those three or four things. So let's talk about the planning aspects. So we've talked about food. We've talked about kind of cultural things, the planning and communicating though. Um, so you have spent a week in Guatemala, you are, you know, in the mountains. So now when you go back, you're prepared to communicate. This is exactly what to expect. Have you ever been to a place though with a group where maybe you didn't have that luxury? So what are some resources people might be able to use? Um, you know, did you talk to people beforehand? Um, and, and then just in terms of, you know, I went to India like 15 years ago. I was terrified about what the food was going to be. I will say I ended up enjoying it very much, but I, you know, I took granola bars and crackers and stuff like that in my bag just in case. So on that planning aspect of it, give somebody a starting point. So they're sitting here, they're thinking, I have this opportunity. Our church has talked about this opportunity. I'm going to get in touch with Ben, see if I can go to Guatemala next year. What would you say is maybe the one or two starting points in the planning and preparation process? As far as logistics or food or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know that's a very loaded question. Think in terms of how you're going to communicate that to your church. So you've decided to go to Guatemala. What is your next step? Okay. Well, first, and here's why I tell everybody at our church, if you decide you want to go on mission, even if you don't know which trip, get your passport. I mean, that's that's going to take time and you got to get it done. So go ahead, as a, I tell people, as a step of faith that God is going to use you in this way, go ahead and get your passport if you don't have one. That's yeah, because if you don't have one and the trip's you can't in go. two weeks, you can't go. Yeah. No, and and so that's the big one. Um, in two weeks, you're probably not going to get airfare anyway or a flight the way airlines are right now. But I think when you know what's going on, you can really sell them on the work. Like where we, where we work here in Guatemala, I'm not going to sell them on the food, which is fine and good, or the lodging necessarily, which is a good thing, but I'm going to sell them on the work. We're going to be able to minister to people. Here we do medical clinics and evangelism and children's uh, activities in the afternoons. I'm going to show them, hey, you know, like this week, we had 30 professions of faith uh, in the evangelism time this week. We were able to minister to hundreds of people through medical clinic. We were able to give gifts to hundreds of kids because of the work and make a difference in their small communities through these churches we're working with and, and how they minister to people. We were able to leave names with them for people to follow up with for discipleship to the pastors. And so there was this ability to show, hey, we're really making a difference. Even though it's a short time, we're really making a difference in these lives. So I think when you recruit people, you recruit them to the work, not to, hey, it's a great place. It's uh, the food is great. You'll have fun. You'll do this touristy thing. You're going to see these things. 
but recruit them to the, the work that you're going to do because that's really the whole reason that you're doing it. You may get to do some of those other fun things, but that's not the purpose in going. Those are the rewards for your obedience in going. I, that's how I term that. So I think you sell people on the work, and, but it's a good holy work. It's a high calling work. And so we need to lift it up, raise it up, celebrate that kind of thing in the in the church. And then when you talk to people, I think that's how you can recruit. And now you talk some about food, and I think that's a, an important thing. If people have huge dietary restrictions, I'm going to be honest, somebody who maybe can't have any gluten, I know that's a, a common thing these days. Most places in the world, it's going to be very challenging to be completely avoided. It may limit where you can go. Um, so dietary issues are reality, but most places in the world, you can find food to eat. I mean, the truth is uh, Coca-Cola is everywhere. McDonald's is most places. There's, and if McDonald's isn't there, someone close to McDonald's is there. And, and so there are places, you know, there's some tips as far as what to eat that, you know, avoid things that aren't cooked fully. Make sure you eat a lot of fried foods while you're out there because, you know, the heat has killed most of what could be in it. Avoid a lot of uh, the fresh vegetables that could have been washed with dirty water and that kind of stuff. So just be careful on those kind of things. But for the most part, I've not found around the world that that people who are willing to go and take a risk and going can't find food that they are able to eat in those places. So that's just, I don't think that's a major concern for most people. I, I think for some people who have that as a major concern, they're probably not going to be willing to go. So that's, they're going to have other hurdles to jump over just personally. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I like what you're saying. The planning and the recruitment are kind of two sides of the same coin. You're recruiting and planning for this for this ultimate purpose in mind, right, to the work. And I think there's been a lot of pushback over the last 18 years of short-term mission trips. Um, do they really accomplish much? Um, you know, even on the, uh, even on the uh, national side, a, a group coming to Wyoming from somewhere, uh, more times than not, those teams are very helpful and very, uh, they, they really um, advance what we're trying to do uh, in a very quick amount of time. Something that might have taken us a few weeks or a few months, maybe even a year to get accomplished, they can knock out in just a short time because there's more people, more resources. So, but there is pushback. So in your planning and recruitment, you're recruiting people to the vision, to the purpose, why you're going what about the pushback when people say, why don't we just send a check and let the missionary do the work? Why? And this might be more of our next podcast, but let's talk just maybe real briefly about it. Why even pursue that partnership? Why even okay. plan In one that? sentence, what I would say is because the Great Commission is for all of us and it doesn't limit us to our local, our local location. We all have responsibility to the whole world. And so if we can go, we should go. A period. That's that's going to be it. <laughs> so I think there just is a, a responsibility for all of us to go to the world. I heard another pastor say it one time, said some, somebody asked him, said, why are we going there when there are people here in our town that haven't heard the gospel yet and we haven't preached? He said, because they have an opportunity. They have a gospel witness where they live. Mm -hmm. Some of these places we go on foreign missions don't have a gospel witness there. And so we should take the gospel people who've never had any opportunity we shouldn't say because these who rejected it or have not uh, taken advantage of the opportunities of the gospel that are already around them 
should keep us from taking it to people who have had no access to the gospel. So I, I, I don't have many people ask that question more than once. <laughs> you know where I see that too? I see it mostly on progressive Christian Twitter. I actually saw something this week on Twitter where somebody's like, oh, I see these people on a plane with a uh, mission trip t-shirt on. Don't they know there's Christians in this country already? But I think something we talked about before um, is kind of the, uh, before we started recording the podcast, I should say, is the access to stuff. Um, you guys did a medical clinic. Are there doctors, are there medicines in the country you're in? Well, of course there are. But what's the accessibility to it? What is the uh, price for that, right? So, you know, in our towns, we can throw a rock and hit a church building at least, whereas, yes, there's believers in these countries, but they don't always have access to the training, to the resource, and sometimes just to the encouragement that they absolutely need. So, yeah, I, I wanted to touch on that, and we'll talk more fully about partnership in another podcast. Let me ask you this. So you're you're recruiting and, and planning according to this, uh, this purpose of what you're wanting to accomplish. Um, this week, you did a medical clinic. Um, some folks do. Uh, I know a guy near you, he goes to Africa and drills water wells, you know, so there's a lot there that uh, there's a lot of stuff across the board you can do on a mission trip. But talk about the training aspect. Um, spiritually, how are you trying to train them? And then when do you start maybe in the process going, okay, who wants to give shots, right? Who wants to wants to run the drill? Who wants to you know, I can promise you if I did either one of those things, you're, you're like, Hey, this guy's going to load the luggage, you know, it's, uh, how do you start, how do you start training to those roles right. and how do you do that spiritually? Well, I think it depends on where you're going, what you do, because every mission opportunity is going to have different needs, but here's the way I approach it. I want every person on the team to experience every part of that ministry as possible. If we go in and teaching, I try to get everyone who's going to teach part of the lesson. Uh, if we're going to be doing clinics, we rotate through which station they're at. They may be praying one day. They may be sharing the gospel one day. They may be working in pharmacy one day. They may be kind of a rover one day. So everybody gets to experience everything. Um, and then you also, if you just include everybody in every part, it's like you don't get a, I'm not doing that part of this on this team. Everybody does everything. And so it's a, a shared responsibility. And, and some of us may have, like I prefer certain part and somebody else may prefer to do something else and we may find that and one day we just kind of hey what's your favorite part do y'all want to do this and swap around but we want everyone to experience every part of what we're doing uh, when we go and we share testimonies every person on the team is going to share their testimony so part of your training for a mission team is going to have to be helping your people share their testimony in a concise uh culturally neutral sort of way for instance you don't want to use a lot of american um slaying american cultural things that just are not they're not going to understand what that is so do the basics of your testimony how to share a quick basic testimony how to share the gospel and, and talk with uh, the local ministers there and the locals on the ground and ask if there is a specific way y'all use to share the gospel that you found works with people in this culture do some training for that uh, and also some training for the actual work itself when we go through training couple of things we have them do every time is also we want, we want people to recruit prayer partners that are going to be praying for them back home that are assigned to them for the work they're doing for that week we also want them to keep a good journal of the trip and I tell people I said you always think I'm going to remember all this I'm not going to forget it 
but by the time you get home, you're so tired and everything that's happened, you've forgotten half the stuff. So make sure you're journaling. And we help them guide them through that. We give teams actual workbooks that have the layouts of everything we're doing that week, all the tools they're going to need, all the times, all the flight information, and their journal. And they can kind of keep that for the team. So it's a training process. And, and then you also work with them and just kind of training on there's going to be spiritual warfare. There's going to be difficulty when you're gone. So you need to let people know that you're going to get tired. You're going to get frustrated. Things may go wrong. Uh, I told my wife today, we were talking, it seems like every time I leave the country, something goes wrong at home. That's probably going to happen. And you're going to have this thought, should I have stayed home? Th that is, I believe, spiritual warfare because our enemy doesn't like us going and doing these things for gospel advancement. And so that's going to happen and prepare your people for that. Things that you plan to do aren't going to happen. I tell a lot of people when we're training them for our teams, like that, you, you've got to be willing to go with whatever happens. And a lot of people will say you've got to be flexible. And I don't think that's good because flexibility still has its limits. We, more than flexibility, we're going to have to be fluid. And we're going to adjust and move with whatever the situation brings. Because we may plan to go to a clinic or to go to a prayer walking. And we just may not be able to that day. The cars may break down and we can't get there. Something may happen on the road and the roads close. So we're going to have to be fluid and understand that God's in control of this. And if he's the one who's brought us there, there may be a reason he doesn't want us doing something that day. And we're going to trust him through it. And we're just going to go with what happens that day and, and move forward as best we can, but trust the Lord through it. So I think that's a lot of those training steps that you go and just prepare people for the difficulties of it beyond even the logistics, the food, the lodging, those kind of things, the, the mental, the emotional strain, the, the questions you have in your mind, should I be here? Should I stay at home? Should I even come? Um, and I think then you also have to tell people, there's, I can't guarantee your safety. There is an inherent risk in going somewhere else now the truth is there's risk every time we leave our home and there's risk every day at home but there is risk in going to another country there may be something in the civil government that happens while you're there there's risk of sickness illness like today i was walking we were walking down the street and i fell I stepped off the curb didn't see a hole and fell into a drainage ditch first thoughts through my mind is i don't want to go to the hospital don't want a broken bone but those things happen on mission trips and we're going to have to be let our people know there is some risk that you are assuming when you join a team like this, but the risk is worth the reward. And that reward is just knowing you're being obedient to Christ to go and take the gospel to the world. That's well said. Uh, I think it's easy to go, okay, planning, recruitment, training, the purpose behind it. Of course, of course, we're going to do those things. But again, the reason we, we want to be very distinct in all of that on the process leading up to any type of missional engagement is because if we don't do it well, people's expectations of what that trip should be, what the success markers may look like, you mentioned that the safety issues, all that stuff, if it's left unsaid, if it's assumed, um, you will have people come back with a vastly different uh, approach. So this is a very unifying thing to do. And I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, again, how fun that uh, you are sharing while you're actually uh, on the mission field there. Wrapping so, up the trip. That's right. That wrapping up fun. the trip. So yes, yeah, fresh on your mind. And so, man, I tell you what, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to uh, talk uh, in the next you know podcast or two about more about missional partnership and stuff like that. So um, 
any any experience this week besides falling in a ditch? And we're glad you're okay, by the way. We're glad you're all right. At least you look okay on the uh, Zoom call. You look. I'm, I'm probably gonna have a few bruises and scrapes tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. A little sore. Yeah, yeah. That's always uh, it's always a you know we're we're glad you're okay. So, uh, any experience this week where you had to uh, heed your own advice, where you had to go, oh crud. <laughs> I got to do this because I told everybody else to do it. So anything this week happened or was it pretty standard? This week actually was pretty standard. Um, I did learn to give shots this week. I'd never had done that before. So I can do that now. Uh, You know, it was a pretty standard week. We've had a long partnership here. We were kind of reestablishing some of the work after COVID um, with the people. And so it was a pretty standard week, but it it was a good week. God blessed and be glad to be going home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we'll be glad to get you back on uh, this side of the border. And uh, we'll, uh, you know, as people hear this, Lord willing, you will be home. But uh, I'm praying tonight for good, safe travel for you. And uh, we appreciate uh, everyone listening to this episode. Make sure you like and share and subscribe, whatever social media uh, platform that you're on. We're always glad to hear from you. So send us a message. Let us know how we can be praying for you, how you can be encouraged. I think Ben's even updated uh, some stuff on uh, maybe even this trip. I think you even mentioned heading out to Guatemala. So you can follow Chair 2 Leaders and you can find out all kinds of ministry information or encouragement and help. Yeah, and on that, if we can be of any help in helping you plan, Danny, especially as a church planner out in Wyoming, uh, for planning teams going stateside, you know, he has a good perspective on that. If I can be of any help on planning for resources for international mission teams, what you need to do or help walk you through that, glad to do it. Just reach out to us on social media channels or through our, our emails that are there. We'd love to help you with that if we can anyway. I like it. Well, hey, thanks again, Ben, for sharing and thanks everyone for listening. And until next time, have a great day. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.